Hey everyone, it's Jeannie, the Pistol Packin' Mountain Mama Health Nut. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining me. Today in the All Things Health segment, as I promised, I will give you weight success tips number three and number four, and I'm excited about that. And I'm also going to share the health risks of consuming the artificial sweetener aspartame. It's pretty bad. And keep listening after this segment as I share a true story of a missing grain combine in the segment I call Mountain Adventures. Things can get pretty scary living off-grid in the Rocky Mountains of East Idaho, but truth be told, I wouldn't change it for the world. But first, I just want to mention briefly a sponsor for my podcast called 3 International. It's a proactive wellness company that specializes in high-quality nutritional supplements. I personally consume these products, and I'm loving the product called Vitalite. You can research Vitalite and the other products offered at genieolson.iii.earth, and this is in the show notes. To purchase these products at the wholesale price and save a ton, click on the link in the show notes where it says genieolson.iii.earth slash enrollment. And please note that this is two different websites. Okay, before I get into the All Things Health segment, I need to explain a detail from my last episode about the semaglutides. I had a listener reach out to me, and thank you by the way, because if I don't explain something right or it's confusing, please email and let me know. I have no problem doing that, and if you feel I need to make a correction, and please let me know that as well. Because I don't always get it right or I leave something important out, and I want you guys to benefit as much as possible, so please reach out. So this listener asked for more details about the drugs Ozempic and Wagovi, how they are administered, and the exact dosage. Ozempic and Wagovi are both given using a pen, like an EpiPen, for an allergic reaction. The pen has four doses in it, and you take one dose a week. And one pen costs, on average, $1,000, so that's about $12,000 a year. And you can give the dose using a needle and a syringe as well, but I think I would opt for the pen. But anyway, I hope that clarifies things just a little bit. Okay, tot. Throw out the trash. Okay, I just want to remind you that TOT is not just for weight loss, although that will happen. It's also about eating and just being more healthy. And there are so many tips I can give you. They are all important. But the idea is to implement two things each week. Continuing the tips from the previous episode so you gradually change your habits. And if you don't have a problem with the tip I give you, like serving sizes are easy for you, please stay with me anyway. I also have had responses from you, the listeners, asking how to eat more healthy and what foods to eat, and I promise that is coming as well. Tip number three is get rid of the junk food. Uh, You knew this one was coming, right? This is so important for several reasons. One, you don't want your calories coming from junk food. Calories that provide no nutritional support whatsoever. If you tank up on chips or cookies, you won't want to eat healthier foods. And then two... Processed foods have chemicals in them. For instance, Doritos, the nacho cheese flavor, has maltodextrin and red dye number 40. And if you haven't listened to my episodes on these two ingredients, I encourage you to give them a listen. Learn just how unhealthy they are. Cookies, cake, and ice cream all have sugar in them. And you can find items that are sugar-free, but they they also have artificial ingredients in them. For some of you, you can easily go to the cupboards and throw it all out. But for some of you, it's not that easy. In fact, it gets harder when you know you have to throw them out and you can't have any more. I get it. I've been there, especially with sugar. It's even harder when your family isn't on the same health journey as you are. 
But I will say that if you have younger children or teenagers or grandchildren, now is a great time to teach them how to eat healthy. I wish I would have done a better job with my kids when they were growing up. If you don't teach them, who will? It was just easier to give them cold cereal or foods they liked and would eat, and I shouldn't have done that, but sometimes parenting is learn as you go. So if you have had a hard time cutting a certain junk food out all at once, then try one of these two ideas, and I call it trickle and trade. So the first idea is throw out all the junk food except for your favorite one, the one you have to eat all the time, like chips for instance. I'm going to use chips as an example. Let's say you could sit down and eat half a bag in one sitting. That's easy to do. Well, here's what you can do instead. Get seven sandwich bags or seven small containers and put chips in five of them and a healthier snack in two of them. Now I know what you're thinking. How many chips can I fit in those little baggies? <laughs> anyway, a healthier alternative might be like if you needed salt or you liked salty things, maybe a juicy dill pickle. Or if you were on the sweeter side, a healthy alternative would be strawberries, maybe a little bit of cream and monk fruit, or cottage cheese and peaches. And the idea is that you're going to fill enough containers for one week, and then you get one container or a bag a day, and that's it. When week two comes, you're going to do the same thing. Only fill four containers with chips and then three with healthier options. And you're going to keep doing this until you have all seven containers filled with healthier options. So you're basically trickling down on the bad and you're trading up for the good. And by the end of six weeks, the craving should be gone. And if you have questions about that, please email me because I, you know, I'll love to help you out. Okay, so this leads me to my next idea, number two, which is a different way to do it. You just pick one day a week to be your cheat day like Sunday. Have one serving size recommended on the label that day. So the rest of the week you stick to your diet. This isn't really like a, a new idea, but it can work for you if you absolutely have to have that food. But it's something that you don't have to have every day. Okay, tot number four. This tip is water. And you've heard it said before, drink lots of water, especially when you're dieting. But why? And what is the healthy amount? Okay, so first the why. Water flushes out your system by removing toxins and fat. Did you know that excess fat is excreted out through the urine? That still boggles my mind, but it's true. It's also excreted out through sweat and breathing. Okay, so how much water should you drink a day? Well, you should drink half of your body weight. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you would drink 100 ounces a day. And that might seem like a lot, but not only will you lose body fat, your skin will look better and will also help other systems in your body as well. And you can purchase like a 32-ounce water bottle on Amazon it has markers on it to show you how you're doing throughout the day. Now, if you retain water easily, a good tip is to drink a cup of dandelion tea every day. And that would actually count towards your 100 ounces. Dandelion tea is a natural diuretic and is a gentle cleanse for your kidneys as well. And some other options of getting some water in is you can drink flavored water. Okay, but make sure it's not sweetened with artificial ingredients. Look for natural flavors and drinks that use fruits and vegetables for color. I picked up a flavored water at the store today just to give you an idea, and it's called Hint, and the flavor is blackberry, and it's actually pretty good, and that's all that's in it is just water and natural flavors, so that's a healthy option. Okay, aspartame, which comes in the pink packets, is one of the oldest artificial sweeteners on the market today. 
and you can find it in Diet Coke and many other sugar-free products. And it was accidentally discovered by a chemist in 1965. It was first approved by the FDA in 1981, and it's been scrutinized heavily over the years, and still today, researchers are saying to just throw it out of your diet. In a recent article by U.S. Right to Know, the WHO, which or World Health Organization, declared that aspartame was ineffective for weight loss, and long-term consumption may increase the risk of diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and a higher death rate in adults. They also said it was a carcinogen cancer-causing agent, but the very same day that they said this, they issued another report saying people could continue to consume enormous levels of the product, levels that were deemed safe decades ago. So why the change? Well, it turns out that the WHO committee called JECFA has six members on it who have ties to a Coca-Cola front group. Ah, now it all makes sense. They're basically saying, please consume this unhealthy product so we can make more money. That seems to be the norm anymore. Well, what are the side effects? There's serious health problems that can arise from consuming aspartame, like cancer, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease, seizures, stroke, dementia, intestinal problems, mood disorders, headaches, and migraines. And here is an interesting fact. It can lead to weight gain, actually increasing your appetite. A lot of people assume, and I did the same thing, that the word diet must mean it's a healthier option and good for weight loss. But that's not true. I had a family member who died from bladder cancer, and she consumed a lot of weight loss products that contained aspartame. In fact, it was a program where you bought all the food the program offered, and that is all you ate. And it even had diet soda as part of the plan. I often wonder if aspartame was to blame. And that is why I just say throw it out of your diet. So as I end this segment, as always, read the labels and you'll be surprised to find just how many chemicals there are in our foods that are deemed safe to eat. It's mind-boggling. And remember to do all of the four weight loss success tips this week. They're journaling, serving sizes, junk food out, and lots of water. It's going to take some planning, but you can do it. All you have to do is just start. Okay, I hope you found this episode helpful. Please share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. And as always, please hit the follow button so you don't miss an episode. And please leave me a review. I would love to hear your thoughts. Now, stay tuned for a grain combine that disappears. It's time for Mountain Adventures. Before I get to the grain combine that disappeared, I get to see some pretty amazing things when I'm out in nature, and animals never disappoint at amusing me. It was last spring, and that's a great time of year to see animals and their babies. One particular day when I was doing my job measuring water, I hiked up to a canal that had a lot of grass growing on the banks. I wasn't being loud or obnoxious, but I came across a mama duck who thought I was a threat. She started to quack really loud and flap her wings frantically on the water. I jumped a foot, and then I realized my life wasn't in danger, so I just stood there and just watched. This mama duck never flew out of the water. She just kept quacking and flapping, zigzagging across the water. It was a diversion tactic to keep me away from her babies. To be honest, I had no idea where the baby ducks were because the grass was so long. 
and I was getting kind of annoyed at her and all this commotion she was making, when all of a sudden one of her kids came swimming out to her and started mimicking her, flapping its wings on the water and following her, and it seemed to be saying, Wow, this is fun, Mom. (laughs) I could hear her frustration at her little kid. I'm sure she told them all to be very quiet and don't move. It was so funny because the whole idea of her diversion tactic was to keep all of the kids hidden and safe. And here is this little baby duck out on the water having fun, clueless of any danger at all. And I thought to myself, you know, every family, even animals, has that one kid. The one kid who just has to live a little on the edge. Okay, now on to my story. Now I know what you're thinking. How could a grain combine just disappear? It's not like a little small piece of machinery. But when you live in the Rocky Mountains of East Idaho, anything can happen. It was the beginning of fall and the weather was getting colder. A chill permeated the air and you just knew that old man winter was just around the corner. For many years, my husband Nick and I have grown barley to rotate out our alfalfa crops. Because of the higher elevation, we have a shorter time frame of getting the crops in and out, and it can be a bit stressful for us, but somehow we always manage to make it through another harvest. It was several years ago when we had two old gleaner grain combines, and I drove the smaller one and Nick drove the bigger one. And because our fields have steep hills, we have special combines called side hills. So basically the cab stays straight and the combine is level with the ground, and then this way you won't tip over. The field we were in starts with a steep part at the top and then levels out to be more flat at the bottom. And I was cutting grain near the bottom where it was more flat, and Nick was cutting up where it was steeper next to the tree line. Now this field is completely surrounded by aspen trees and Douglas fir trees. It's actually a really beautiful field. As we're cutting, we keep an eye out for each other to make sure both of us are safe or if one of us needs help. I was buzzing around cutting grain, filling up my bin. I glanced over and noticed Nick's bin was getting full. I figured he would be dumping into the truck soon. I went back to cutting. You have to really watch the header and the knife and watch for an occasional rock or a dirt mound. But I did look over again to see if Nick had dumped yet and I couldn't see him. I could see the truck, but he was nowhere to be seen. Well, I thought, well, maybe he was just at the far end of the field and I couldn't see him. I kept looking for him and I kept watching the truck to see if he'd pulled alongside of it, but he hadn't. I decided to drive to the other end and see where he was at. And he was gone. The only thing in the field were me, my combine, and the trucks. And I thought, well, maybe. Maybe he left the field, but I know he would have to swing back the unloading auger so he wouldn't hit any trees with it. On these combines, you have to physically swing it back by hand, so that I knew that would take some time. I was getting a little bit worried, but I kept on cutting, and I kept telling myself, I know Nick, he's smart, he usually keeps himself as safe as possible, so I just continued on cutting. But I was really perplexed. Where could he be? He couldn't just disappear. Or could he? By this time, my bin was full, and I headed to the truck to dump out the grain, and that's when I saw him. Walking, yep, walking, towards me. No combine to be seen. So I shut my combine down and climbed down the ladder to talk to him. He told me his combine was down in the trees, wrecked, full of grain. You're kidding me. Well, now I knew where his combine was. Nick went on to tell me what had happened, and he said he had come to the end of the grain near the edge of the field and turned around to head back, but he wasn't lined up exactly with the grain. He just needed to back up a little bit. 
but it was pretty steep where he was at. And when he pressed the clutch in, the combine started rolling back. But the, because of the extra weight of the grain, the brakes wouldn't hold him, and he went backwards off an embankment and down into the trees. And he finally came to a stop against a tree. And that was all that was holding him from going backwards further and getting seriously hurt. The back end of the combine was smashed in, the fuel tank was torn off along with the fuel lines, the back axle was ruined, and the unloading auger was completely broken off. And I was thankful he was okay. But now, how to get the combine out? And I knew it would involve me. Oh, great. I do not have nerves of steel like some people think. I freak out when I have to help Nick pull equipment up a hill or a cliff or an embankment. I immediately suggested that he call his brother Dean or our son Ryan. They're much braver than I am. That was my plea. But Nick assured me I would be fine. The plan was to use the bigger case tractor, hook onto the front of the combine with a heavy chain and pull him out. So by now I'm sure you know who was going to be in the tractor. Me. Nick assured me I would be safe. Oh, Lordy, I sure didn't want to help him at all. Well, Nick lined the tractor up in front of the combine with the chain, and I got in it, and he got in the combine. Now, actually, I'm really glad I wasn't in the combine. But he couldn't start it because of the damaged fuel line, so I was basically pulling dead weight. We both had our phones so he could talk to me and tell me what he wanted me to do. He reminded me more than once, Remember, I don't have very good brakes. Oh, no pressure. What if the chain breaks? Well, once we were all set, he told me to slowly press the clutch in to shift into low, keeping a foot on the brakes. So I did it. That part went well. Then he told me to increase the throttle slowly. So I did. And that went well. And I started pulling him. I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be fine. We're going to do great. We went about 10 feet and then... The front of the tractor went straight up in the air. Oh, sweet Jesus, help me now, I thought. I thought I was going to flip over backwards. Okay, in reality, the front of the tractor raised in the air about four feet, but it seemed like it went like 12. And then I hear Nick in a calm voice. How could he be calm at a time like this? He told me to idle the tractor back down, so I did. And the front end came back down, but then panic set in and I froze. He told me to press the clutch in, put it in neutral, keep my foot on the brake, and set the emergency brake. That's a lot to do all at once. But I couldn't move. I could not move. I told him, I can't. He said, yes, you can. At this point, I could hear panic in his voice. He told me, you have to. I can't hold it. If I go back down, I'll crash farther down into the trees. Well, I knew at this point that I had to do something. So I said a quick prayer and asked Jesus to please help me. I asked Nick to talk me through each step that I needed to do. I was shaking so bad. The clutch, putting it into neutral, the brake, and the emergency brake. I was shaking so bad I could hardly hold the phone. But he talked me through it, step by step, and slowly I was able to turn the tractor off. And I was out of that tractor so fast. I almost had him pulled out, but there was a hump on the edge of the field and I just couldn't pull him over it. We decided that we needed to unload some of the grain off of the combine. So Nick backed the truck over to the edge of the field and parked it as close to the combine as he could get it. And then he got a five-gallon bucket and put some diesel fuel in it, ran a fuel line over to the combine so he could start it long enough to auger some of the grain off into the truck. And of course we didn't have an auger, it was down in the trees. 
but the auger still worked inside the combine, so we used a piece of tin about two feet wide and about eight feet long, and we augered the grain onto the tin and it slid into the back of the truck. Now that the combine was lighter and Nick had started the combine, he could use the combine's power to help the tractor pull him out onto level ground. And guess who was back in the tractor to pull him? Yep, me. How he convinced me to get back in that tractor is still a mystery to me. He's such a sweet talker. But I sucked it up and I did it. In the mountains sometimes, you have to do scary things, and yes, it can be very dangerous. But that day, I didn't really have a choice. We were finally able to pull the combine up the embankment and into the field where it was more level. The combine was wrecked and we couldn't use it. We ended up using just one combine for the rest of the season. Eventually, Nick repaired the wrecked combine, and we did eventually use it again. Would I do that again today? Would I get in a tractor to pull him? Nope, I sure won't. Now, if he gets in a pickle, I just tell him to call his brother Dean or Ryan. End of story. I'm not doing it. That's it. I've learned over the years when I ask him if a piece of equipment will tip over when I'm helping him, and he says, well, it shouldn't. That means he really doesn't know. And if you ever hear him say that, my advice to you, run the other way. Well, ah, uh, never a dull moment at the Enbarro Ranch. Well, remember this. When you've done everything you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. Just reach out and he'll be there, I promise. See you next time.